Welcome to the Creative Cast. I'm your host, Tammy Munson, podcast producer, podcast coach, and CEO of Wildfire Creative. Are you struggling to grow and monetize your podcast? Do you want to learn more about starting your own podcast? Want to learn the secrets of the business side of podcasting? Then you are in the right place, friend. Each episode contains powerful information to help you get started with your own podcast, learn the secrets of building a business, and grow your podcast. All right, y'all, let's get started. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Creative Cast. I'm your host, Tammy Munson, and this is the podcast where we unravel the mysteries of creativity in the ever-evolving world of podcasting. And first, let me just start off by saying the voice is not 100% yet still. I'm still in my Kathleen Turner era. <laughs> but but like I say all the time, audio doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be high quality and it needs to be consistent. So this is why you're hearing the voice like this today. But I have a very special treat for y'all today because today we are diving in to the world of self-discovery and content creation with a amazing guest who is here to guide us through the transformative power of the Enneagram. Now, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know how much I love the Enneagram, how much I use it on a daily basis, whether it's personal, professional, or just trying to understand why people do the things that they do. I love, love, love the Enneagram. But I'm thrilled today to introduce our guest. She's my friend, Amy Wicks. She is a Enneagram coach and expert. Amy's mission is all about helping individuals harness the potential within them, both professionally and personally, through the biblical wisdom of the Enneagram. Now, I know some people like it, some people don't. That's okay. But in this episode, Amy and I are exploring how understanding your Enneagram type can be a game changer for not only your personal growth, but your professional growth as well. We're going to dive into how you, the podcaster, can leverage the Enneagram to create amazing content that truly resonates with your audience. Plus, Amy shares some strategies on how to connect with your guests on a deeper level based on their Enneagram type. But before we get into all of that, here's a quick heads up. I've got something big in store for you next week because next week we are celebrating our 100th episode. Isn't that so exciting? Oh, I love it. So without further ado, here's Amy Wicks. Well, Amy, I am so excited to have you on the show. You were talking about one of my favorite topics, the Enneagram. For those listening, y'all know, I know enough to be dangerous when it comes to the Enneagram. Really, the only number I really know is the eights, because that's what I am. Love it, don't love it, whatever. 
(laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the same for all of us. (laughs) So Amy, can you kind of start telling us a little bit about what the Enneagram is for our listeners that may not be familiar with it? I love this question and I so enjoy answering it with a funny story. And by funny, you're going to laugh at me and think, wow, all right, (laughs) what color is her hair? Um, Because it's one of those moments that I look back with great chagrin. But 2020, March, I happened to be going to Colorado Springs for a writing retreat, which was absolutely fantastic. Of course, when we booked this retreat, we had no idea this would be the weekend that the world would be shutting down. And all the mayhem that um, ensued since then and and what we're still really living out the ramifications of that moment in history. Well, as I was traveling back, I had my three kids in the car and we were driving on I-70, which is a road that I am very, very familiar with because 14 years ago, we moved from Colorado Springs to Kansas City. And every year since then, I have made a plethora of trips to go back to visit family and to be at a place that I love, whether the kids were babies or in my belly or (laughs) some mix of that in between. We made the trek there. So I'm very familiar. It's boring. It's straight. It's fairly predictable. But for some reason, this day in March of 2020, when I got off the freeway in Russell, Kansas, I we were stopping for a late night pit stop and we pull up to the gas station and on the sign, the sign on the door is like, sorry, restrooms are open, but there is no toilet paper. And then I look over to the McDonald's next to said <laughs> gas station and there's a line of 20 cars in the drive-thru. And this just discombobulated me a little bit. Uh Of course, I'm tired. It's late at night. I'm driving. It's dark. And I realized, okay, well, we're going to have to get back on the freeway to make another pit stop. But everyone goes back to sleep. And I decided that pit stop can wait. I'm driving, driving, driving 45 minutes. I look up and I had been listening to a great audio book, Donald Miller story brand. Oh, but great book. Great great book. book, right? Yes. It's so good. And I look up and I suddenly realize that the signs that I'm looking are pointing me or letting me know that I'm going west. And I'm going west back to Colorado Springs when I was supposed to be going home back to Kansas City. This is 45 minutes into my drive. Of course, I am horrified, devastated. I'm not even Uh. sure who I can call because who can help me in the middle of nowhere, Kansas? I'm literally partway in between both places. What do I do? Do I just throw in the towel, find a hotel and start again tomorrow? Or do I get off the freeway and get back on and go the right direction? So ultimately what this little lesson told me or reminded me of is that even though I know this well-worn path, it really behooves me to have the GPS running in the background. Even though the GPS was a little bit annoying because I wanted to listen to the book, I didn't want the GPS to interrupt me, you know, all of those sort of stuff. It's just, even though I know it, it, it's really important to have it on. But Tammy, here's the most embarrassing thing. Uh Uh, That was March. In November, I went back out to celebrate my baby sister's 30th birthday. And this time I'm alone. And Uh this time on the way home, heading east, I get off at Russell, Kansas, And when I get back on the freeway and about 20 minutes later, I look up and realize once again, I've decided to go the wrong direction (laughs) because I got 
foolish and turned off my GPS thinking I learned my lesson last time. I oh, am paying no. attention to the signs. Oh, and no. so I know it was one of those funny, laughable moments much later on, not in the moment, but again, I'm like, how could I have made the mistake? But let me tell you, uh, three plus years later, I am proud to say that I've made the trip many, many times without making that same mistake because I leave the GPS running in the background, even though I don't have to constantly look at it or constantly check in because sometimes it's annoying to see, oh, I still have six hours left in my eight-hour drive or or what have you. But it's such a great thing. So that way I can make sure that I am going west when I need to go west and going east when I need to be going east and not going in the wrong direction. And now why do I share that silly very like self-effacing story. <laughs> I love I love it though. I love the story. I love it. Right? We're all here for the story, but ultimately this is the gift of the Enneagram. The Enneagram is an internal GPS system. You can keep it on in the background having a general idea about the direction you need to go and what right. it looks like when you are going west and when you're going east. Or I sometimes even see it as north and south going, am I going up to the high side of my type or am I going to the low side of oh, my type? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the beautiful complexity of the Enneagram says, you know what? Sometimes it is really, really good to go west. It's not that it's the wrong direction. It's just sometimes the wrong direction. And it's also really good to go east. We just need to make sure we're going at the right time and the right place and have a really good understanding of what direction we're going. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the Enneagram how you see the world? Yes. Tammy, this is also a great question because this is what sets the Enneagram apart from the other typology systems. Mm -hmm. It is helping you understand why you do what you do. And even better yet, who you were before the world told you who you needed to be. Ultimately, what it was in your wiring. Uh, Sometimes in presentations, and and this is a fun idea that I learned from um, kind of from one coach, from another coach, you know, like third-hand information. But it's this brilliant idea that if I pull out a jar of peanut butter and I set it in the middle of the table with a group and and room full of strangers – And I ask the question, what does this jar of peanut butter mean for you or do for you or represent? And in the room, you're going to hear all sorts of different answers. Well, get that away from me. I'm allergic to peanuts. And so that equals maybe terror, something that is scary. Other people, it's like, ah, peanut butter. That is my favorite go-to snack. It's sustaining and it's wonderful. Wonderful. Or peanut butter. Peanut butter reminds me of peanut butter and jelly when my family couldn't afford anything else for dinner. And so it represents hardship and trial. And other people, it's like, oh, peanut butter and jelly reminds me of being on vacation and some of the best stages of life. So the Enneagram helps give understanding of why we all experience and see things in a unique way. It doesn't change the fact that it's peanut butter right? Like when we look at the jar of peanut butter, it's still peanut butter, no matter how our take is on it. And that's what the Enneagram helps us understand is is the lens we're looking through, the perspective we have, and the experience that we're walking away with, even though maybe we're all experiencing the same thing or looking at the same thing. I really find it interesting, like just within like our family dynamic, I'm an eight, my husband is a five, my younger daughter is a five, and my other daughter is a seven. And to see the interactions between us and how we see different things and how we respond to different things 
is all very, it's just amazing to me. Like we're experiencing the same thing in real time, but yes. each one of us is, is looking at it in a completely different point of view. Yeah. This is the, the gift of the Enneagram helps us understand where, where our desires are, what our motivations are, what it is that we're longing, what it is that we desire in relationships. And how I like to use it is, is twofold. One thing is that the goal for me being a, a teacher who teaches and coaches in a lot of with a lot of different tools and spiritual direction and a, and a plethora of things. But the Enneagram very specifically helps us understand our starting point so it does become our stuck point. And as a person of faith, I see it as that Enneagram helps shine the light in those places. And then Christ is going to bring the freedom that we're needing to get out of the personality box. The whole point isn't just to like, hey, I'm the type, get the t-shirt and the mug and the cute piece of jewelry. That is fun. But yeah. let's let's make sure that we don't stay stuck there. Exactly. Awesome. So let's switch gears just a bit and let's talk about how podcasters, podcast hosts, content creators can really utilize the Enneagram in whether it's for them creating content or knowing, hey, this is my audience. This is the person that I identify with my audience. This is who I'm trying to talk to. What are their motivations? What are their weaknesses? How can people use the Enneagram for that? Yeah. I love utilizing the Enneagram to help better understand about how others communicate. And I'm probably right. going to go into greater detail about this because it gives you insight on how you communicate with others, how sure. others receive you, and the differences of other communication types. And, and ultimately, the Enneagram doesn't explain how you do tasks. So we want to be able to utilize this as a to kind of go a little bit deeper, right? I love working genius because right. it helps us explain how we do the task and what order process and the dynamic on our team that way. But it also helps us be able to celebrate the differences instead of just tolerate them. Because we if we're all approaching kind of to your point in the family, right, we're all going through the same experience in real time. And then mm -hmm. we're walking away with a different perspective that can feel frustrating, especially right. if you're a type who goes, no, my way is the right way. And my way is the only way. I mean, not pointing <laughs> fingers or anything, <laughs> but ultimately it helps us go, oh, this isn't a right wrong moment. This is a that's how they go about it or what they see or how they experience it and this is how I do. And how can I celebrate that they can bring a unique perspective while also honoring my perspective that it can be just as valid and real. So right. with that idea in mind, do you want me to tell you about the different um different communication styles and how that can help us? Yeah. The three main communication styles that I love to talk about, and I call them communication patterns. If you have been in the Enneagram world, you have heard the word stances. And, mm -hmm. and essentially, this just helps us understand how we go about in conflict resolution or what approach that we take in order to, to get things done or get the resolve and our and to achieve our desires and our outcome. So you've heard probably these three things. Are you most likely the kind of person who ready, 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 aim, fires? Or do you ready, aim, 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 fire? Or do you fire, aim, 
ready. Now, those, right? Okay. <laughs> so those three, I resonate right? with one of those statements. Very strongly. <laughs> as do I. As do I. And now the goal for all of us, none of them are exactly as we need. We all have places to work on because we need to be ready, aim, fire, and that distinct, steady flow. But we tend to get stuck or do them in reverse order. And so understanding then again, right, remembering where our starting point is so it doesn't stay our stuck point, we all get to grow and compromise in this. So those three descriptions I'm going to give real quick because we don't have slides here and we don't, I mean, we're probably listening as we're walking (laughs) and, you know, doing all the different things. And so we, you know, I'm going to try to give you the succinct version um, so that way you can walk away going, okay, this is the three differences. So When we're talking about the um, ready, 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 aim, fire, we're talking about the withdrawing communication pattern in the Enneagram. And this communication pattern tends to create distance from others. They tend to Mm -hmm. pull away and retreat and withdraw when either conflict arises or something needs to have their attention or action. They tend to want to to pull back and find their own inner resolve. And then you have then you have the ready aim 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 fire and that is describing the dutiful communication pattern and they come alongside mm-hmm. others. They get ready and then then they're constantly reorienting their aim based on other people in the room typically. They're gauging how they can come alongside, how they can support. And this sometimes comes at the expense of their own dreams and desires and their own opinions. And so this is this is important for people to understand. Yes, part of your gifting and maybe even calling is to come and support, but are you doing it at the expense of what you know um, you need or what, how your opinion matters. And then you have the one probably you resonated with. I know I do. We have the fire <laughs> aim ready. Um, and so that describes- So much, the, yes. So yes, much, yes. Yes, the, the assertive <laughs> communication pattern. Guilty as charged right there with you, Tammy. And this is the type that actively engages others. They desire to pull everybody in to get them along their ideas, way of thinking in the projects or resolve. And so I I like to talk about these two extremes because my marriage is a great example. And this is not throwing anyone under the bus, but ultimately, especially when <laughs> we were newlyweds, right? I was the one chasing after my husband, trying to get resolved, come to my way of thinking, let's talk this out. Let's figure it Mm -hmm. out. And I, I desired that. Whereas my husband, who is on the other extreme of withdrawing, he could roll over, go to sleep and everything would be fine because he would go and find his inner peace and he would have the sense of resolve he needed by avoiding the situation. I hate that. And so <laughs> it's so frustrating. And by the grace of God, thanks to the Enneagram and thanks to my spiritual growth, I learned to go mm-hmm. to the Lord to get the resolve I needed to let it go. But yes. then the next day, inviting my husband to do the resolve to have the communication, right? And and where both of us were ready and to not seek each other to fix it, but to right. seek to come together to compromise and 
And, you know, if we have slides, I have this whole thing of how we use our fingers to be able to understand the directions of our communication pattern and then how we come together. And by coming right. together, it's it's me, it's them, and then it's us. And in that, that us pattern, we can apply that to every kind of relationship in our life, whether we're talking about our spouse, our kids, our coworkers, how we engage with our clients, our customers, our listeners. Mm-hmm. By understanding that compromise, it helps us just work together and realize we all get to bend a little bit in order to just enjoy working with one another and enjoy relationships in a higher way. And it becomes more fruitful in that. When so my husband and I did the Enneagram test, honestly, I made the whole family do it because I'm like, I need to know where y'all are. Good, but it was very interesting when we figured out he is definitely, definitely a five. And I started to look at some of like their his strengths, motivations in regard to the Enneagram, and I go, Oh, now I get it. Now I get that's why he does this. And I'm not going to go into detail because for the obvious reasons, but that made the relationship between us so much better because I knew where he was coming from and why he was doing certain behaviors, you know, needing to do all the research and all the investigation before. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, let's just go do the thing. We've got this. It's going to happen. I know it's going to, you know, with my Enneagram 8-ness and sometimes bluntness isn't always appreciated. <laughs> yep. Yeah, totally. When it comes to where he's coming from. And we can use that also as podcasters, that same yes. that same dynamic between you and your audience or even you and a, and a guest. So, so, do you find that there's a specific Enneagram type that's naturally drawn to podcasting? Ooh, I like that question. And I would say this is kind of, you're going to say this is your typical answer, Amy, but I really believe the answer. <laughs> okay. So it's just like when I do leadership or work presentations, Sure, people ask, you know, are there just one type? that fits in this kind of role or our owners of the company or our senior pastors, the, the list goes on. And mm-hmm. the my true answer is that any type can. Any mm-hmm. type is can be a leader, can be the senior pastor, can fulfill that role. Now, will they derive joy out of it? Some will more than others. And then the second thing, what will be their struggle? in that role because right. every single type has the the shadow side which is the struggle the vice the weakness and then they have their strengths and their representation of their creator so they have these high side and low sides and they're going to have a unique struggle based on their personality motivations and how they engage with the world and how people will receive them or experience them so it's You know, for because I could say, so we talked about withdrawing, dutiful, and assertive. And I can Mm. see that with the withdrawing types, those are the four, five, and nine. There's going to be an element where they love podcasting because it doesn't require for them to go anywhere. They can do it with the camera off. They can have conversations when they feel they have margin. They can space them out plenty and, you know, 
in between. So right, they yeah. they would love that, right? And they can gauge their meter of how much they need to recharge before they can learn that about themselves. And the dutiful is there, those are the one, two, and sixes. And they're gonna love doing the podcasting because they're oftentimes going to be supporting and helping other people get their messages out. They're going to right. love championing that, coming alongside them. How do you want to have this conversation? What are the questions that you want to ask me? So that's going to be really, that's going to be really powerful for them and they're going to enjoy it equally. And then you have the assertive types and those are the three, seven, and eight. And of course they're going to love podcasting because we love talking, right? And we could do it we all do. day long. We do. <laughs> we don't need as much margin in between session and we're fine with the camera on and we're usually they take us as we are. And it, so again, all of us are going to find our, our strengths in this and there's going to be a weakness that you know, for you as a coach, for me as a coach, we would have right. to, this is where a coach is going to help come alongside and help you work through those weaknesses because every type can, and they have their moment to shine, but then you always need a little bit of guide by the side and support to help you get over the hurdles that are going, are guaranteed to come your, your way. Cause after six and a half years of podcasting, I, I know them all. <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> Yes. So I know that, and this was kind of my experience when I first took the Enneagram test, I went online and I was like, well, let me just figure out. Everybody keeps going, what's your number? What's your number? I don't know. People had assumptions. And so I took it and it, it labeled me as a three. And I'm like, well, that don't feel yeah. right. So I know right. that some there's like some stereotypes and there's misusing and there's mistyping. How can podcasters avoid doing that when they're creating content, utilizing the Enneagram? Yeah. Well, your experience is not yeah. unusual. So I want to normalize that the Enneagram journey is that it is a journey. There is not a right. destination yeah. of even finding your type because most of us, including Enneagram experts, have mistyped themselves and have lived under the impression that they were one type when really after they dealt with the layers of their story and mm -hmm. went through that process, which can be years, sometimes even decades, yeah. you can finally get to the core of who you are. It was this was a spiritual direction tool. And as rumor or story or legend would have it, however you want to call it is that the spiritual director would wait at least three years to try to get someone wow. to land on their type where they never assigned a type. I, as a coach, will never assign a type. This is a ongoing conversation. I have coached people for a year and then they were finally realizing what their real type was, you know, and this was after going through material on that other type. So, yeah. so all of that to say it's, it's very normal. And because the Enneagram is having its moment, it's definitely having a long, you know, height of, of fun on the Instagram. And those are the, the posts that can go viral or mm -hmm. get a lot of traction. Well, it's, those are all boil down to a soundbite. And how can you possibly sum up the complexity of one type when there are probably over a hundred variations of that type due to levels of health and wing and combination and tri-type and story right. and trauma and ethnic and I mean, everything, socioeconomic background, where they right. live in the world, like so much complexity here to boil it down to one or two statements I yeah. sometimes hesitate 
ever to do it because oh, sure. yeah. don't ever type yourself based on this. So that being said, let yourself just be taught by the process and curiosity with others by mm-hmm. staying attuned to what is it your community really would say about their personality type or say about right. what they want or how they receive you and receive mm-hmm. your information because that will help us adjust kind of going back to those three communication patterns. You and I are going to be more, probably be faster in our communication. We're going to be more verbose. We're going to be louder. We're going to be quicker. All of those things. Well, those aren't bad. And some people will just love that because that is their thing. They were going to play us two times fast if we weren't fast enough anyway, you know, kind of all of that thing. But what we can learn by checking in with those who are different communicators is how can we slow our pace down? How can we give more thorough information? How can mm-hmm. we create the space for feedback and for interaction? And right. And so where we can adjust a little bit, all of us have some ways that we can tweak and we can better give them a better listener experience. And to your point, not put them in the box, right? Just because they right. say they're this type there may be a whole lot more to the story and they also may not be how you've experienced that type before or what you've read mm-hmm. about them. They may not be textbook. And so we have to leave room for that. Oh, I love that. That is so good. So for us listeners out there that go, I want to start doing this. I want to start incorporating the Enneagram to enhance my podcast Do you have any maybe exercises or recommendations of things that they can do in order to get started? Yeah. And I think one of the best things people will ask me about this when it comes to their marriage, parenting, workplace, and, you know, the best kind of leader or podcaster or parent is a self-aware leader, parent, podcaster, right? If we are self-aware then that is the best thing that we can bring to the table. And then after we've done some of the work ourselves, so we know where we can, where we need to strengthen, how we need to allow our our true selves to shine. But also then we can start exploring what it looks like with the other types. So take time to get to know what the other types are like. Read the book, you know, yes, enjoy the memes, But ask questions. Get really curious about the different types. Start with your inner circle of those in your home or in your inner circle of community and learn more about those different types. Hey, have you heard about the Enneagram? Oh, yeah, I totally. I'm a seven. Oh, great. Tell me more about what that experience is like for you or what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, use that to also... To, to get clear maybe on your on your focus of your topic and mm-hmm. and kind of preface the question with as a three, how do you experience what is your experiences about the challenging with podcasting? And that conversation will probably lead you to understand that someone really struggles with the matrix, that they have right. a big idea of what success and the outcome should look like and why are they not there already? And do mm-hmm. they have a worthy enough guests to get the attention and garner the attention that they're really looking for and seeking? Right. And they're probably also going to struggle with the slow growth that often comes with podcasting. So by, by those conversations, by prefacing it, if someone has an understanding of their type, it's going to help you be more clear as a podcaster, how can I direct information 
that's going to really help and support the struggles that that personality is having. Not knowing that gotcha. probably yeah. other types are too, even if it's not the first struggle that they're dealing with. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, when, when I finally zeroed in on yes and, and really accepted that I was an eight because I'm like, oh, eights, man. I know. You were struggling with it. We talked like a year ago and you were like, I don't know if I want to be an eight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, they get such a bad rap. I've really come to embrace it because the things that I bring to the table, some people just can't do. And they we need eights in the world, just like we need threes and all the other numbers. We need all of them. And God created us this way so that we weren't all the same because how boring yeah. would that be? Yes, same I, here. Amy, I could so talk good. to you about this all day long. <laughs> oh, we could. It would be fantastic. <laughs> but we both know better, don't we? <laughs> we do. So do you have any other last words of advice or encouragement for our listeners in regard to all of that we've been talking about today? Yeah, I want to invite you to just, you know, do that work yourself, explore, just know it's a, a journey. I always talk about Enneagram types as a way of like, hey, you're going to try on the types. So if someone ever, you know, if I'm doing a discovery call or how I, I, I actually train and certify coaches as well in this process. And I always talk to them about remind people about the journey aspect and that they're going to just try on different types. And that's just to have fun with that of going, am I really a three? Try it on for a week and see if it fits. It's like that awesome return policy that Target has now where, I mean, I don't know how long my daughter kept a pair of jeans before she finally returned them and she kept, she would try them on every day. Is this really, what do you think, mom? Does it go with this? What do you just go with that? You know, until she finally decided, you know what? I really don't like it. It doesn't work. And so she returned it. You can do the same thing with Enneagram types. You're not stuck with it because you test it on a quiz or or something mm-hmm. like that. And you know, the other tip, because I'm talking to fellow podcasters who are looking yeah. for those glowing testimonials and reviews to help them get clearer on the topics that they need to talk about, how they can support their community, sure. how yeah, they can get the word out about their, their podcast is that I have, um, and it's, it's really designed for the coach, but it really helps a wide range of people. I've come to find out really the entrepreneur, but I have a glowing, how to gather glowing testimonials guide. And it's a real simple download that walks you through some of the psychology of how you ask questions to get glowing testimonials. And then the questions to maybe put in a Google form or in an email, Use one or two of them if you are emailing your community once a week to help you get some good feedback on how they're experiencing your podcast and you as a podcaster. And it'll help you grow. Mm-hmm. And mostly it's going to help you shine and to to walk away with like, actually, I'm doing a good job because even if my audience is not as big and wide as I want, I yes. have this opportunity to go deep and develop genuine relationships with my community, which in the end, that is that is our purpose. That's what we're here for. Yeah. The essence and the beauty of podcasting is this medium allows you to do that in such a different way than yes. email or blogging or, or anything else. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Can you let everybody know where they can find you? Yeah. Find me on Instagram at Wholehearted Enneagram. And I love to start the conversation there. If I see that you followed me, you're going to get a welcome message within a day or two 
because I'm I'm kind of slow to the punch sometimes, and it's not a bot. <laughs> it's I'm a real person. So, right. um, but I love to welcome you. I love to get to know where you are in your Enneagram journey. Do you know your type? I have a podcast playlist even created for those who are learning maybe about their type or they want to learn about Perfect. a different type, so they can you know, quickly figure that out. And then simplywholehearted.com is a little bit about me and where you can find my podcast and about my coaching team and all the good stuff. Thank you, friends, so much for coming on the show. I do appreciate it. I appreciate you. And y'all, she is a fabulous coach. I had a call with her last year. It was absolutely amazing. Very enlightening. So go check her out. Thanks again, Amy. Thank you, Tammy. Isn't Amy just awesome? Oh, I love her so much. And I hope that you love that conversation as much as I did. Remember, understanding your Enneagram type isn't just for personal growth. It's a compass that can guide you toward creating content that truly resonates with your audience. As always, I am always here to help you unleash your creativity and achieve your podcasting dreams. Remember to join me next week for the Creative Cast 100th episode celebration. I've got a big announcement, y'all. But until then, keep those creative fires burning and remember, your unique voice is the key to making a difference in the world of your podcast and your listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next Monday. Bye, y'all.